You obviously know Kung Fu. All right. Welcome, everyone, uh, to the Urban Action Showcase uh, 2020, Urban Fist of Legends, Heroes of Martial Arts Cinema Panel. Uh, I want to thank uh, all of my elite esteemed guests, Grandmaster Ron Van Cleef, the Black Dragon, who started it all off for us, uh, followed by Grandmaster Carl Scott, uh, who followed closely in those footsteps, and then, of course, Don the Dragon, Wilson, and then the new Black Dragon, Michael Jai White himself. Thank you, all of you, for really laying the foundation for uh, martial arts cinema, not just here in America, but also throughout the world because we brought something different to it. Uh, I wanna introduce uh, your moderator, Jeff Vita of Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. Uh, I'm gonna leave you in his hands. You're gonna be in good hands. And I just wanna thank you guys again for, for giving me this time in the middle of everything that's going on. Uh, so I really appreciate it. And I'm sure the fans appreciate it as well. Take it over, uh, Jeff. Welcome to the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. Adjust your speaker box, sit back, relax, and remember, your Kung Fu may be good, but mine is better. Thank you, Demetrius, and thank you, everybody, for uh, stopping uh, whatever you got going on during the day to uh, to hang out with me. Um, it's a surreal time, a uh, strange time to be sure, but uh, I hope you're all safe and healthy, and uh, I'm eager to share some of your insights on martial arts cinema with the audience, so uh, humble thanks to everybody. So I will get started with uh, with something about martial arts. Uh, martial arts is a, uh, a universal language. It's available to all sexes, races, creeds, uh, faiths, whatever. Um, when you all started uh, learning the arts, uh, some of you started, um, you know, much earlier uh, in uh, in this era. So I'm sure it was a different time. Did you uh, encounter any resistance uh, for any reason, um, be it your race, be it your uh, your creed, or anything like that? Um, and I'll start with uh, Michael Jai White, if you could, sir. Start with me. <laughs> I'm sure. the I'm the junior in the room. <laughs> right. So let's get your perspective first. <laughs> oh well, well, I mean. Some of these people that, that are joining us are, are, are a big part of, like, what I, the images, I, I follow those, those strong images that were set in front of me that, that kind of paved my way. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm like, um, you, know, I, you know, growing up where I did in a, in a kind of rough environment, you're, you're, you kind of t tend to build armor and... And uh, when I saw those images, when like like I said famously, like when I, when I saw Master Van Cleef in a movie called The Black Dragon, that blew my mind. Uh, and it's, it still blows my mind to this day that that he calls me that. That's still something <laughs> I, I like. It's still it's still like come on, I'm still that kid, right? So, I, you know, I I forget your question. <laughs> Because <laughs> I, I didn't expect to be called first. What, you, you, your, your question was... If you uh, experienced any resistance for uh, even entering into martial arts to begin with. Oh, my mother didn't want me to do it because <laughs> I, I already had a, a, a penchant for my, and a hatred for bullies and I fought a lot, right? So she just thought it was going to be worse. Um, but it, it turned out to be my, my salvation. But yeah, yeah. So that was the only... Uh, the, the only, um, you know, uh, detractor from it. No, fair enough. Totally fair. So uh, I'll uh, segue that then to Master Ron Van Cleef, who you referenced there. Um, obviously a different time for when you were starting martial arts. So uh, what was your take? Uh, and did you get any resistance when you uh, first entered into the arts? Well, I started martial arts in the 1950s with Moses Powell and Ronald Duncan in Brooklyn at the St. John's Community Center. And uh, martial arts was only $10 a month. That's amazing. <laughs> that was amazing. That's a lot of money back then, though. I'm sure it was. <laughs> <laughs> I had the opportunity to train with uh, Grandmaster Moses Powell and uh, Grandmaster Ronald Duncan. And they, in turn, introduced me to Grandmaster Peter Irvin. And there, that was my journey. 
Yeah. Uh, how about you, uh, Master Scott? Any issues for when you uh, entered martial arts? Did was it uh, was it a, an easy thing to get into for you? Uh, well, you know, I started pretty young myself. Uh, my uncle got me started. He was uh, in the military, and when he got out, he started showing me um, what he knew from the military. Um, my my issue was I was the smallest guy all the time. So all, everyone would want to pick on me because I was so small, but I was fast. I was really fast. You know, I would run and you couldn't catch me. I would be cutting, jagging and jagging. And once I learned martial arts, um, I didn't run anymore. And um, <laughs> like Michael, like the great Michael White, I also was a fighter. So when you chase me, when you caught up with me, that was when everything turned a different way. So that was... <laughs> I also say I am so proud to be in the in this setting with all these great guys. These are some great masters, and I'm really proud to be here with you guys. Absolutely. It's definitely an honor to be able to talk to all of you. Uh, let me go to uh, Don Wilson. Don, uh, what about you when you started martial arts? Any um, any kind of resistance at all or anything interesting about uh, how you, that journey began for you? Well, the, the most interesting thing was um, uh, that it was my brother, my older brother, James. He was already a black belt in two different styles before I had taken one lesson. And uh, But I was a good athlete in school. You know, I was the MVP of my high school football and basketball team. So I was used to being good physically. And I used to box. I used to carry a pair of boxing gloves with me everywhere I went. I'd, I'd bring them to um, the playground, and I'd say, "Hey!" And, he, and I, no, I didn't. I hadn't went out one day of training. I just put the gloves on, and we just—it was a bomb. So I got home from the Coast Guard Academy one day. And my brother said, "Hey, let's spar." And I had never sparred a martial artist. I'd never had anybody kick me. I didn't believe they worked. I, I believe you get on one leg, you're going to fall down. I mean, I'd rather just punch. And I, and by the way, back, back then I weighed 205. I was a middle linebacker. And, wow. uh, and I wasn't fat. I had a 4840. I mean, I was solid. And my brother weighed maybe 145. But he was a black belt in two different styles. Now I look back and I, I'm saying he's going against a white belt and he just kicked my butt. But he did. He, he basically taught me how effective martial arts could be, especially the kicks. You know, I'd never, I'd never, you know, in those days, if you kick, you're a girl. Oh, he kicked like a girl. We, <laughs> the men didn't kick. Ronald, no, men didn't kick in, in fights, unless you're a martial artist. I mean, they kick each other. But I'm just saying, you know, I got taught by my brother that martial arts was a real thing, could really improve me. So I went back to the Coast Guard, and I signed up for lessons, and Chuck Merriman was my first instructor. And it was Goju. And so... Um, that's how I got into martial arts. And, and, you know, of course, fell in love with it from the first day. You know, I think we all started with good people. That's why we end up being successful. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Michael Jai White kicks. So, the guy, you, 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 Moses Powell, and oh my gosh, you know, and, and, um, so, you know, we're all the result of the people that came before us. Yeah. So, um, Michael, uh, how, I mean, I, 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 I'm sure I know the answer to it, but how instrumental then was martial arts to your transition into film? Was it the primary thing to get you to move into film or uh, was it something that you knew you were going to be able to leverage when you started the film work? No, not at all. It really didn't have anything to do with it other than what I would, what I would attribute my martial arts training and helping me into this industry. Cause um, you know, not, not to brag, but I, I'm, I'm a writer, director, producer, uh, and as well as actor. And I've been I've been writing for a long time. I've sold a lot of TV shows and movies that people may have have no idea that I wrote. Um, but what the martial arts did was to help me focus. I mean, it's about discipline. It's about um, overcoming obstacles. So in that component, that helps me in every facet of my life. So it's really about, you know, you testing yourself, you know? And um, so in that way, yeah, but I didn't quite on purpose when I got to uh, LA, I didn't want to do martial art movies. Um, and one of the earliest movies I, I took a part in was one of Don's movies, Don Dragon Wilson's movies. And I played just a, a criminal. You know, there was a lot of open parts to get my butt kicked or whatever, but I want 
wanted to I wanted to establish myself as an actor first. And you know when I you know, when I finally kind of crossed that threshold by playing Mike Tyson and Spawn and you know certain comedies, uh, I did that. I, and people saw me as an actor because I, I was I studied as an actor, and it was uh, up and uh, only until um, uh, uh, what's the the Van Damme um, uh, Universal Soldier two that I really showed um, any kind of martial art uh, ability. So that was quite on purpose. Okay, and Master Scott, what about you, Tar? Um, ask the question again. I'm sorry. I got into listening to Mike. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Um, I, I'm asking about uh, uh, the martial arts being instrumental to you making the transition into film, if it was at all, or was it just something that you were going to be able to leverage once you were in the film world? Actually, it actually put me in the film world. Um, the way I actually got my start was I was at a, um, I was a, a, a stand-in at a Bruce Lee um, movie, and I got challenged by some of the crew that was there. Um, and the guys, all of my guys were telling me, show them what you got, show them what you got, man. Go ahead and do it. This is your chance. Uh, well, I was pretty young, pretty, you know, small, but um, I gave the guy the chance to spar with me and I, I was you know, really fast and, and moving on in doing some stuff I guess they hadn't seen me do or uh, young African-American do. And it got the attention of the Eternal Film Company, um, the co-owner. And at that time, she said that I wanted to talk with you. So she pulled me to the side and, and then it started from there. It was a great opportunity, and I took advantage of it. I'm, and and to to your uh, excellence, of course, uh, Master Van Cleef. What about you, sir? I was a stuntman with the Stuntman Association in 1966, and uh, Harry Matson, one of my mentors, he said that uh, he would like for me to start to design some fight scenes for films and for television. So I worked on um, Kojak. I was a cab driver, um, bag snatcher. You know, they had those type parts for us in those days. But I started as a stuntman. And um, one day, Betty White called me from Black Beauty Agency, where I was represented. And it was for an audition for the Black Dragon films. I met Sarah from Carolexis. I don't know how they selected me, but I wound up doing five Black Dragon films, and uh, it was quite an amazing, amazing journey. Amazing journey. And very revered films for all uh, Kung Fu film fans. It's amazing. And how about you, Don? Uh, it was Chuck Norris, basically. Um, you know, because I, I had people, um, while I was a fighter, kickboxer, uh, they, they said, oh, you should think about movies. But, you know, they're not people in the business. They're just friends of mine, people that I know. They, but when Chuck Norris and I met, the first time we met, I was in his hotel room, me and Bill Wallace, and we were talking about martial arts and things, and Chuck looked at me and said, you know, Don, you should think when you retire, move out to L.A., get an agent, and try film as a second career, because he said, it's been a great one for me, and I fully um, advise you to try it, at least try it. So that's what I did. The first time, I, I retired three times now. But the first time <laughs> I retired was in 84, and in 85, I took my fight, last fight purse against a guy named Johnny Terrio, real heavy hitter from Canada. And I took that fight purse, and I moved out to L.A. It was 15000 And, uh, it, Michael, you know, 15000 doesn't last long in L.A. <laughs> <laughs> I, I read, I found out really fast that they weren't looking for six-foot-tall Asians with Southern accents. <laughs> and um, so, you know, I, I fought, and I did movies up until I retired again in uh, 1990. Because I was making so much more money doing movies, and the, the fighting was actually became a hobby that cost me money. So I got out of the fighting, but uh, then I got the fight offer to come out of retirement for the third time for uh, Dick Kimber. I don't know if you ever watched Dick Kimber fight, but a not, not nice guy, very nice guy. But um, uh, I thought, man, if they're going to pay me that kind of money for this particular opponent, I'm going to come out of retirement again. And by the way, I'm still getting fight offers. Just, just this week, they're talking, they threw two names at me. So, yeah. uh, because of uh, the Tyson thing, you know Tyson? Yeah. It's people associated with him, 
Uh, it was out of Vegas. Somebody who met somebody that knew me and gave me my number, I guess, some martial arts, and they, because they're doing things called legends, and they're getting old fighters like me and, and just old, old athletes of any kind to come back again. So, um, yeah, Michael, I might be, <laughs> might be back in that ring again. Man. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Michael, let me get us uh, direct a question to you uh, because uh, you are a writer, producer, director, uh, and so heavily involved on that end of things. Um, what's the biggest obstacle you think for uh, fuller representation uh, in today's Hollywood for not just martial arts action heroes, but action heroes of different colors, shapes, and sizes, etc.? Because you have you have the power to change that, uh, being uh, that you're involved on that side of things. Yeah, I mean, um, one thing is important is. Uh is there's a narrative in this country that that's it's a little bit limited uh, sometimes they, they will try to marginalize folks and and what i will always want to encourage people to do is think about um the global uh the whole global um view of everything uh, for so many years for so many years uh our product our product has been sold worldwide and we got no part of it um and and i know when i started doing movies abroad even when you know a couple years ago when i vacationed in africa and i went to eight different countries each time being shocked at how well i was known and uh one time you know it was kind of frightening because a crowd freaked out and just mobbed me and carried me away. <laughs> like, and I'm like, oh my God, I, I did, I, you know, sometimes it's, it's been a, a lesson learning the global uh, significance of what, what we've done. Um, like, like, you know, Mr. Scott and, you know, and Don and Master Van Cleef. I mean, we, you guys satisfied a deep need in so many people that live vicariously through you. They want, they, they want superheroes. They want heroes like themselves. And the closest thing, in my opinion, to a real life superhero is a martial artist. And Absolutely. so those, th that connection worldwide is very significant. There's somebody in Istanbul, there's somebody in, you know, in Brazil and all that type of stuff looking up like I did when I was a kid and saying, that's what I want to be like. And sometimes I forget about that, but I always want to encourage people to understand the global aspect of what we're doing and how it feeds so many people. Don, you're also involved on that side of things. What's your take on that? Uh, you mean to produce? Your, your, let me go back to the beginning of the, because uh, I get so into listening to, to these guys talk. Yeah. Uh, I'm not into the question. I'm just listening to Michael talk. Yeah, no, the, um, just the... Uh, What's the biggest obstacle to fuller representation of not just martial arts action heroes, but action heroes just of, of different colors, shapes, and sizes, uh, particularly for people who have uh, the ability to change it on the other side of the camera? Well, you know, I, in Hollywood, uh, one of the things that held me back and still holds me back as an actor is that I don't do the broken English. I don't speak like Jackie Chan, Jet Li. Donnie Yen, Chow Yun, anybody who makes a name for themselves and they look like me, they got Asian blood, they expect to do the accent. And, uh, you know, I've never done it. And not only that, it's nothing, it's not that I'm ethically or morally, I wouldn't do that goofy accent. I think I would have egg on my face. Michael, you're an actor. You probably could do many accents. It's probably, you, you wish they would give you a Swedish accent so you could work on it as an actor. But me? <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm not going to, you know, be able to do that broken English accent. So that held me back because that's the image the studios think martial arts, Asian guy, but he's got a Southern accent. He comes from the South. It, it doesn't work. So that, that's been my biggest holdback. And that's been, you know, and overseas, it doesn't outplay because they just dub me in. So my films are much, like Michael said, this is an international thing. Um, martial arts. I, I go all over the world. And um, I'm accepted, you know, everywhere. Muslim nations, you know, I was in Iraq and Muscat Oman and, uh, you know, I go to Siberia, China. You know, no matter where I go, martial arts is very popular. 
And that, that's why they know Michael and they know Ron and, you know. Well, let me... Let me tie that in then to uh, Master Van Cleef and, and Master Scott. I'm going to ask you this as well. Uh, being that you guys were so influential in shaping uh, a particular part of the industry, when did you become aware of the responsibility that you bore uh, as role models because of your work on and off the screen? Uh, Master Van Cleef, I'll, I'll uh, ask you first, sir. I was not aware of my impact um, globally from the films until I, I moved to Ghana. I lived in Ghana for three years in the 70s, 77, 78, and 79. And I wound up having 3,000 students. It was amazing. And no one would have known anything about me if it were not for the films. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's amazing. I mean, it's truly amazing. You know, the first film I made, The Black Dragon, that wasn't the original title. It was called The Tough Guy. But Bruce Lee called me the Black Dragon at a tournament in D.C. where I, I was beaten by this fellow, Joe Hayes, an amazing, amazing fighter. And Bruce said, you're the Black Dragon, even though I lost. And it sort of like stuck with me. And, you know, three or four years later, I made the film The Black Dragon. So you have to have faith and and, and you don't know what you're capable of until you go out there and do it. As a kid, I wanted to be a, a Kung Fu master. What did I know? I was from Brooklyn, poor family, you know, the whole thing. But I wound up moving to Hong Kong. I stayed in Hong Kong 10 years. So your life can change. You can make a change. Look at Michael. <laughs> when I saw you in, in that Mike Tyson film, so awesome, my brother. I love you. Yeah, I really love you. Yeah. You know, he's not One just a many great, great martial artist by Michael. He's a great, a great guy. performance. Absolutely. Master Scott, what about you? When did you become aware uh, that all of a sudden uh, you were in this role as a role model? And uh, how seriously did you take it? Well, to be quite honest with you, I really wasn't aware that I was a role model until actually maybe two years ago, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, at that time, I met people from um, Ireland, from um, Germany, from Israel, um, from Sweden, and they were telling me how they really loved me and they enjoyed watching me on film and that type of thing. And I had no idea the influence that I had on their life at that time. And when I did realize that I, I had that type of influence, it just took me back. It really took me back. You know, um, Michael's 100% right, and so, so is Ron, that internationally people look at, they, they needed something to look up to and um, to inspire to be, you know, and to see someone Af African-American and young as I was at that time, and doing the type of stuff that we were doing, the films, you know, the, the type of martial arts that we were doing at that time, it was it was amazing to them. And um, yeah, well, Michael Jai White, obviously, these gentlemen were influences for you. Uh, what about you as a, as a role model now? Uh, are you aware of the impact that you have and can have on the audience? And uh, what do you do to um, to service that? Well, I mean, I, I'm, I consider myself a bit superstitious. So I feel like um, I adhere to kind of, uh, I've, I always want to represent myself with is, uh, the utmost honesty. I feel like I, ever since I came to Hollywood, I never made a BS friendship. I've never... I've, I've held to a certain standard of, of honesty and integrity, even though, you know, some might have thought it was corny or whatever. I said, I'm going to basically die by these rules. And somehow in the face of everybody, you know, telling me like, you know, you got to play the game and whatever, I started to prevail. And so with those, those characteristics, uh, getting me to to where I am, there's no way in the world I would look at doing anything different, 
right? So, um, you know, you know. So I, I feel like uh, uh, for me, being a, a role model, yeah, I, I, I kind of, I still like, I love feeling like a student, you know, and. And I love looking up to people like Master Van Cleef is still a student. This guy, he's so, man, you don't, you don't understand. I, I'm so inspired by, by people like that. That's, that's how I want to be. I just want to live in honesty. I just want to keep getting better. And if people, if, 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 I'm, if I'm inspiring people by the way I'm conducting my life, then great. I, I'm a little bit... Um, I get a little bit shy with the accolades. I, you know, it's not the most comfortable thing for me. I think I'm a, I'm put on the earth as, as, you know, as a servant, right? You know, what I, I'm, I'm, an, I'm an entertainer, I'm a servant. And so I'm not very comfortable with, you know, adoration, you know, but yeah, I do have to recognize that I'm a role model to others and just continue to conduct myself in a way that is honest to me. And I think it will serve those who follow me. Uh, I, of course, respect the code of honor. Um, Don, uh, what about you? Well, you know, like I said, I go back to Chuck Norris again. <laughs> uh, I, I follow in his footsteps. When people say I'm like certain actors, I'm really not. I'm not like Jackie Chan. I'm not like Jet Li, Van Damme, Seagal, Speakman. I'm more like Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris was famous worldwide as a fighter, a martial art competitor, long before he ever did his first line of dialogue. People knew his name all over the world. I was the same way. I was a kickboxing champion for many years before I did movies. And um, so I'm more like Chuck Norris. And if you look at the way he is, family man. I mean, how many scandals have there been about Chuck? Right. Right. Not only has he, you know, when he got rich, because, you know, he is mega rich. So there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> But you didn't have scandals. He actually became a born-again Christian. I don't know. His wife is, is that way. And so, so, in other words, he became more uh, uh, said traditional with his values as opposed to, you know, some guys start out in Hollywood and they were normal, nice guys. And they, they get started on drugs and they're, they're doing all kinds of crazy things and scandals. And, um, yeah, my mentor would be Chuck Norris. And so I hope that it, when, I, when I reach his age, which... We're a few years apart. I'm old, but I'm not quite that old. Um, you know, that my, I have the same kind of record as Chuck. You know, no no scandals and no crazy things and no drugs, of course. Um, fair enough, fair enough. I take vitamins. I don't take drugs. <laughs> All right. Uh, let me go then to uh, Master Scott. Master Scott, uh, can you point to uh, recent examples of uh, authentic martial arts in film uh, that uh, m- maybe that exists or that are coming up or that uh, that you've seen uh, recently that you think represents the genre well? Uh, well, I just saw um, Michael's new movie and it was really nice. Very nice, actually. And I don't watch too many films, to be perfectly honest with you. I'm, I'm kind of... Um, uh, low key on doing that, so I can't really answer that question. No worries, no worries. Um, um, Master Van Cleef, what about you? Are, are you uh, aware of anything that you would point to that you would say, you know, if if I wanted to uh, point to a film that uh, represents the the genre of the martial arts well, this would be something that I would show. Okay, but I have to tell you ahead of time, I'm a Michael Jai White fan. Of course, yeah, Blood and Bone. <laughs> As is, are we all, yeah. I think. <laughs> Blood and Bone was my movie. Fantastic film, and that was. Uh, it was a wonderful experience to to see you, Michael. Thank really. you so much. Thank you. And Ben did such a wonderful job. You know, I'm very proud of you. Thank you, Black so Dragon. <laughs> yes. I love Michael J. White films, but I I, I got to say, and I never knew thought he would become kind of a martial art action guy. Denzel Washington, when he plays that equalizer. He is, and he's not muscular, and he's not flexible, and he doesn't have um, any flashy moves. But I just like what he does, the way he takes guys out, and it looks believable to me. I know it's not totally realistic, but it's it's enough for me. It, you know, I Great like that style. That I, 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 I like Denzel. Yeah. What about you, Michael? Oh, I, I, I martial art wise. Um, 
I feel like uh, the stuff Donnie Yen is doing as far as choreography is really setting the bar. Uh, he keeps evolving, which is you know, amazing to me. Uh, some of the stuff that Eco um, uh, uh has done with um, the uh, with with Raid and Raid Redemption. That's you know that's that's another bar. Uh, so you know those are those are um, and of course uh, Jackie Chan. J- Jackie Chan has just been you know just in, in the world on, on his own. Uh, you you can mention your films because you know you do it well. <laughs> Was that? You can absolutely mention your own films because everybody here knows that you do it well. <laughs> oh, yeah, but I'm I don't I, I long to have the luxury of being able to shoot a fight scene and take a whole week to do it. Of course, yeah. <laughs> you you know what I'm talking about. One week. What's that? Two weeks. Three weeks. I mean, yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So Don can they, attest. They spend more time. We have to do the main fight scene in half a day. You know, so <laughs> that's just you know not 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 crying <laughs> crying broke or anything. It's just the way it is. I mean, um, you know, Don can shoot absolutely perfect fight scenes as as the others also because they they because of the way they do it in Asia. That's a priority. Uh, here, it's like, you know, the producer's going, uh, well, you got a date. You got you know, half a day to shoot this fight scene, and we got to be to the next location. So, <laughs> Well, let me spin off of that then because uh, you mentioned uh, the Hong Kong uh, aspect of it. Will we ever see another golden age of martial arts cinema the way that the 70s kung fu film era was. I mean, I grew up on it. Uh, I know a lot. Uh, most of you guys uh, understand what that uh, whole era was about. Will we ever see something like that again in today's Hollywood? Definitely. That's what I think. Do you think so? I think we've hit something Definitely. like that, only you, you're not... Michael is at the edge of that right it. now. But Right. There, there's no fight scene you will see in Jack Reacher and John Wick or... Uh, born identity. Nobody's going to do a Liam Neeson. Nobody's going to do a fight scene unless it's martial art action fight scene. The old John Wayne right cross and the John Wayne the other right it's cross. Gone. Right, yeah. Those days of Hollywood are gone. It's um, it may not be you know twenty or thirty films a year like it was back in the seventies and where lower budget films, but uh, but yeah, every Hollywood studio film when there's fight action. It's martial art fight action. Yeah, I, I believe it, it could very well come again. Uh, it, it's it's um, it's it, was, it requires somebody who really understands the art of it, and it, and if it's successful, you know those proceeds make it so that it's a profitable thing to return to. So, um, you know, I I hope. Uh, Master Van Cleef's words are prophetic because I've got some things that, you know, in the, in the works that will step things up quite a bit. Because, uh, yeah, so, yeah, I, 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 hope, uh, I hope we can revisit this, this subject uh, next year. Make a difference. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, why, why do you think that is? It, um, why do you think it uh, has not been part of the cinematic culture for a while now uh we went from the kung fu film era to the that 80s action era to uh what is now um a a different evolution of that beast what do you think it was is martial arts just not something that hollywood wants to bank on anymore well well, you they'll bank on it as soon as it's profitable but look at resident evil it's a woman using martial arts against zombies that's a pretty strange combination look at the matrix there's more kicks in the Matrix than I've ever done in a movie. Born identity, martial arts, and you know it was. You know we do it in my movies. Number one, Roger Corman was a low-budget filmmaker because it's cheaper than action. It's cheaper than a car chase. It's cheaper than a gun shootout. They just get Don Wilson and one of his friends turn the cameras on, and you got action. But but with the Matrix, they had a hundred million dollars to make that thing, and they used probably seventy percent of the action is kicking and punching. So martial arts is in it's in horror films, like I said, like the what was the zombie one? Um, 
Oh, well, Resident Evil. Yeah, those were somewhat zombies. But, um, uh, and I've even done it, you know, what was the Wesley Snipes' most popular movie? Blade. Blade. Vampire movie. Mm-hmm. And he throws more kicks in that movie than, than I throw in my movies. So we, we've got, you know, I don't want to say we, we got to go back to the 70s and all of us put our geese on again. Go into the karate schools and it's my instructor versus your instructor, my style versus, we don't, you know, film, like everything, evolves. And today, you got to have good actors like Michael. They have to be good, solid martial artists. You have to have good stories, decent budget. And um, then you have a successful movie. Then you have a successful movie. It, I don't believe it's ever going to go back to the days when, you know, back in the days you're talking in the 80s. Not the 70s, but the 80s. Bad martial art movies made money. Right, Michael? I mean, I... People yeah. say bad ones, but they weren't even interested. I didn't even like them. Kill and kill again. They made a profit. They made a profit. <laughs> and um, that's bad. those days are gone. If you don't have a good script and a good director and a good star, a good surrounded by good actors, no matter how much punching and kicking you do, it's not going to be a hit. I have to agree to that, with that because if you look at Jason Bourne and um, Bourne Identity, and as he mentioned about uh, yeah, and he mentioned about um, the um, um, with Wesley Snipes. I'm not Wesley Snipes, but um, Denzel Washington. I mean, he looked great doing those moves, you know. And that's all martial arts style, you know. Real and, stuff, though. Yeah, self defense. It's not right. the flashy jump kicks and slow motion right. kicks. No, Denzel pokes your eyeballs out. Right, because he wasn't jumping and kicking and doing. It. He would hit you, bang, 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 bang. It was a wrap. And that's what he did, you know. It looked believable to me. When I watch his movies, I like it. I like I it. Love that. And also, too, the gentleman from Taken. You know, he, Liam Neeson, yeah. Yeah, he did a fabulous job as well. You know, I love those fight scenes. That's the type of style that I enjoy watching. Uh, the um, jumping up from 10, feet, 10 stories up, coming down with a nice sidekick, you know, and, and rolling, you know. That's over. Yeah, but I did like that Matrix, though. You know, in the right environment, and Crouching Tiger. Yes, yes. I did, in the right story, in the right story, the wire work and the slow motion spins mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. flips and backflips and... Malina or whatever. That's the, I, I like that stuff in the, in, the, in the context of that. But if you've got a realistic movie like um, uh, Jack Reacher, you know, one of, one of the Tom Cruise ones, you can't have a guy do a back in, flip, kick, bounce off the wall in slow motion. It, it takes me out of the movie when it becomes uh, unrealistic. Right, right. So with the right, I say with the right script, I mean, you know, Crouching Tiger, I love that. There's nothing realistic about that. There's Those people literally were flying. <laughs> like they're flying 100 feet up in the air and everything. I mean, but I loved it. I love Crouching Tiger. Beautiful movie. Well, all right. Let me, let me touch on that then. Um, what would you do then uh, to change the way that martial arts uh, cinema is uh, perceived or presented? And I- I'm asking uh, about uh, particularly uh, the reach of martial arts action films tends to be heavily male oriented, right? The audience is, part- is primarily male, uh, testosterone or whatever it is. But um, the, there's also the balance of the authenticity of the martial arts versus making it look so amazing on screen that you just can't look away. So what would you do to change that perception? Uh, would you make it more realistic? Would you make it more uh, uh, appeal to uh, a wider audience? Uh, what do you think would be a, a magic formula to kind of hit on? Uh, Michael, let me let me start with you. Well, well, definitely what you have to do is make sure that the the martial art fits the movie. Just like the gentlemen were saying, I mean, it's Crouching Tiger. It fit a heightened reality movie. But um, so one of the things I've always been frustrated with and I had to change things, uh, which got me to where I am, is that, you know, I would read scripts and, you know, and I knew that the producers had no idea how to shoot martial art, uh, real martial art stuff. And they're like, oh, this martial artist is great. You know? And it's like, no, that's a gymnast. <laughs> that's not martial <laughs> arts. You know, um, when it comes down to it, I mean, even my aunt would have to, you know, have to be able to say, if that punch landed, that would have hurt the other person. So there, there have been martial arts stuff depicted uh, where it's like, that wouldn't hurt anyone. That's just fluff. 
you got to get it back to a place of reality. Dare I say, the martial arts, if shot correctly, I could do a uh, martial art film that that could uh, that could almost be horror, you know, if if I you know chose to shoot it in a way where the most you know dangerous uh, type of martial arts moves are depicted the way that they were intended. So there's a whole long, you know, there's a, there's a, there's avenues in martial arts films that haven't been touched yet because most of the, um, most of the sources have no idea. First of all, you got to get a martial artist that understands uh, the depth of what martial arts is. There's not many people. I mean, usually, the people who get the furthest are the people who are really good self-proclaimers. And that doesn't tend to be the best person, to be honest with you. And even if you have that, how do you, you know, how do you depict it correctly? You gotta, you gotta make sure that there's somebody who knows how to capture it correctly, cinematographers and everything else. And so the they're editing, revamping the editing, that. I, I, I found the editing is so important. You know, you can shoot a great fight scene, choreograph a great fight scene, you get in the editing room, you can fumble the football and have a boring fight. Absolutely. That, that happens to me over and over and over. Like, so you got to get in the editing room, Michael. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. But sometimes you're, sometimes that's not in your contract. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, with uh, Welcome to Sudden Death, those, <laughs> those fight scenes are about 60% better than what's in the movie. Definitely. It was basically the editing. They had no idea how to uh, put together. It, it was like you were they were given puzzle pieces without the picture. It's a specific kind of filmmaking, fight scenes. And it's a, it's a, it's an art form. It's an it's an art form, and and yeah. one of the reasons I studied filmmaking, you know, like the action of China, because they they're so far and beyond what we do in the United States. No. They have so much going on, like the Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. This is flying from here. This is come. Yet, you don't have to reorient your brain. You still, with all of that chaos going on, they're still telling you a story, right, that you can follow. Well, uh, that's over and above. So I don't want to get too nerdy in this whole thing. But, but yeah, there, there, are the, there are the best components of all different filmmaking that have to unite to make a tremendously great film. That's what you have to do. And the martial arts film can, can have a whole nother resurgence. And I'm trying to make that happen. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, it, it's hard to believe that we've been talking for almost an hour now. It, uh, it's so much insight uh, in this room, and uh, I, I humbly uh, thank you for all that. But let me uh, let's start to wrap it up and and go around the room. And let me ask you uh, what you think is the next stage of evolution for martial arts in cinema. And then give me uh, give me a, an update on what you currently have going on or what you're currently doing, uh, so that the audience can uh, keep track of uh, all of your activities. Uh, Master Scott, let me start with you, sir. Okay. Well, uh, right now I'm um, staying low keeping it down because of the pandemic, you know, it's, um, it's a very serious thing here in Los Angeles. And um, I'm basically working on my apparel line and just trying to stay healthy. Um, what was the other part of the question you asked? Uh, what do you think then is the next uh, stage of evolution for martial arts cinema or action cinema in general? I think that um, Going forward, I really enjoy watching, I mentioned it before about um, Jason Board, that type of story, that really excites me when uh, I see someone executing movement that he was doing and what the, um, um, the gentleman from Taken was doing. Um, I enjoy watching, again, Michael, of course, I'm going to say that. And, um, you know, that type of, See, those type of fight scenes really get my juices moving because it, it brings you to what you're used to doing in real action. You know, when like like Michael mentioned about uh, the auntie seeing a punch and saying if that, that's not going to hurt anybody. But then when you watch someone 
do a ridge hand and it's going to the throat or, or uh, a, a palm that's going to the bridge of the nose and, then, and it's taking that nose into the brain, you know, you can, you can associate with that type of techniques. Excellent. Master Van Cleef, what about you, sir? Could you repeat that question? I keep listening to everyone and I get immersed in the conversation. I'm right with you there. Absolutely. Now, uh, the, the, the question is, what do you think is the next stage of evolution for martial arts action or action film in general? And then what kind of things do you have in the works right now for yourself? Well, I think it all starts with funding. If you don't have funding, no matter how good the idea is, it goes nowhere. I'm looking forward to working on Make a Difference with Michael and Tymark. Um, imagine playing my instructor, Moses Powell. That totally freaked me out. You freaked me out with that one, Michael. You really did. You really did. Look forward to it. You know, we have to start producing and making our own films. It's, it's time for the independents to start uh, working on more projects. And it's, it's the funding. It's the writing. It's the quality of the choreography of each individual project. It's it's the it's the writers. It's it's a complete a complete program of everybody working together to make it better. That's a hard uh, that's a hard algorithm to find, but there's so much talent out there now. Michael, you see it, don't you? Oh, there's yeah. so much talent out there. We have to succeed. We can make another golden era of martial arts movies, but it won't be just martial arts. It'll be an action movie where martial arts action is part of the main action. Yes. That's what I see happening. Yeah. Awesome. Um, Video game right now, which just, uh, it was just released today. The Tower of the Black Dragon. It's my first venture in the video game uh, deal. Uh, My comic book, The Black Dragon is out now. Um, My animated film, Tower of the Black Dragon, You'll see the um, sequences from it at the Urban Action Showcase tomorrow. And uh, trying to stay in shape, 77 years old, trying to get back to sparring at the jiu-jitsu. I've been competing for the past six years in jiu-jitsu. It's, you know, you have to stay active. I mean, truly. Michael, you're going to be my age in, in 20 years Don, you're going to be my agent probably 10 years. I'm backing up. You know what to do. And Carl, <laughs> you're the baby of the crew. Sorry. That's fantastic. I'm so proud of all of you, gentlemen. Thank you so much. And Don, you've always been one of my idols. One of the toughest kickboxers I know. Michael, yeah, I want to you know, I, I got lucky a few times. That's amazing. That's amazing. Don, what about you then? Well, as I recall the question, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, uh, Ron, you know, I mean, I get so into what they're saying, I forget what you asked them. Yeah. But, um, I, you know, I, I, I've thought about this for a long time, and I've, I've been asked this question many times. What is the best martial arts fight action scene you've ever seen or you consider the best? And it's this. It's Bruce Lee and Chuck Norris. Now, to show you how far ahead of Bruce Lee's time is, he realized that um, – it was interesting for him to beat up the actual best-known fighter in the world. Chuck Norris was the number one fighter. Uh, he had fought Joe Lewis a few times. He, Joe Lewis was one of them, but he was he had beat Joe Lewis. And uh, so Bruce Lee wanted to fight him in a fight. Now, that fight, to this day, you can watch it on YouTube. Yes, 9 out of 10 martial artists will say it's the best fight scene they remember seeing. And if there's not one technique that any green belt couldn't do. So it's not the, it's not like we've got a gymnast, like we get Kurt Thomas or some gymnast to do backflips and everything. You say, oh, that's Jim a great fight. No, it's because we knew they were icons, great martial artists. Bruce Lee, great martial artist. Chuck Norris, great point fighter, great martial artist. Squaring off and their strategy shown in the fight. Michael, you know, most of the time, you you got a guy comes around a corner. You don't know what his strategy is. You don't know what there's the fight scene happens so quick and you knock a guy out and you move on to the next guy. There's no climax. There's no buildup. There's no thought process because you got to do that with close-ups. You know Bruce Lee shot that like Sergio Leone. He went up to Chuck Norris's eyes. If they looked down, then he did a close-up of his feet. Remember there was a, a, a Bruce Lee starts to fight out. He's getting his rear end handed to him. 
Chuck Norris was beating him. Because he's fighting power on power, straight ahead. Then he gets on the balls of his feet. He starts moving. And, and as a real fighter, you've got to do that. It's called strategy. If, if plan A is not working, you've got to shift to plan B. If you're, you're thinking you're going to catch him with a roundhouse, left roundhouse kick, and you're trying it, you can't get it in there, you've got to go to the right leg side kick or something. You, and Bruce Lee changes his strategy, uses footwork and movement, beats Chuck Norris up, and, and the whole thing is a story. And then even when he breaks his neck, they cut, the camera goes from Chuck up to Bruce Lee's face close up. And you can see the regret, the sadness in his eyes. He didn't want to have, he respected Chuck, even though he was a life and death adversary. And then think about this. When do you see the good guy and the bad guy? The good guy shows respect by folding his gi, putting his belt on him, bowing to him, and showing the respect after the fight. It's a great touch, yeah. Never been done. I've never seen it in any film where they fight to the death and then the other one shows all the respect. You know, um, anyway, that is what Bruce Lee did and that's what I think the future of fights, the great ones that people will remember and say, wow, that was a great fight. We'll have that. They will have strategy. You will be able to see the thought process of the, both of the actors fighting each other or even if it's not just them. If, if, if it's, a group of, of guys, you know, untrained fighters, and then one guy like Michael in the middle. It's, it's the, the thought process of Michael thinking, I'm going to attack the first one. When they get me, I'm going to get use this guy to shield it. The thought process. And they do a little of that in um, Sherlock Holmes and in um, uh, Equalizer. They kind of show their thinking, pro and then, boom, when the action happens, it all happens. And that's that's kind of a new thing now, and I think that's what where it's going to go in the future. Yeah. Otherwise, you could just watch YouTube all day, and you could see all the flashy techniques you want. But with the kind of movies I'm thinking, you got to have an actor like Michael, or it's not going to work. As somebody who's respected, like Ron Van Cleef, in the real martial art community, otherwise it's not going to work. You know, we got to all know what we are. You are the grandmaster now in the movie. And when you're fighting, you know he's gonna, the younger guy's going to be faster. And you're gonna use you're gonna let him take you down and, and get you to within an inch of your life, then you're gonna catch him because he's gonna be overconfident. <laughs> but that's the kind of what fight scenes I see in the future. Ones where we take what Bruce Lee did and just whoop, run off with it and, and show the thought process, the strategy, and the real way people use um, their knowledge to win the fights, not just the flashy techniques. Brilliant, brilliant. And Michael, uh, the last word with you, sir. I, I excellent, excellent, Don. I, I agree with you completely. That was my favorite fight scene as well. There's one thing that you forgot to mention, and I hope you add this to to your your you know that stanza, is that they did it in the greatest fight arena on the planet. Coliseum, absolutely. The Coliseum. What better place? None. On the planet. <laughs> you know what I mean? So None. you know that. There yeah, is no so, better place. Yeah, so I, I honestly, that's a, I, I agree with you on so many levels, and that's where I've been trying to push things. Like if you've seen uh, Never Back Down uh, 3, a movie I directed and a uh, fight scene I did where it's uh, the cage match where I take a guy out with traditional move, moves that he ridiculed me on earlier. It's about the fight. It's about the story of the fight that's very important. But like you said, you got to have people who are legitimate in their techniques and what they are able to do. Um, and I'm, I'm constantly trying to do that. If you, there's, a, there's a short that I did called Three Bullets, right, that preceded, um, preceded um, equal, Equalizer. You'll notice a lot of similarities. Just, just check it out. So <laughs> the, whole, the whole thinking man, clock ticking, yeah, and um, I, I was, I you know, I was, I was told of that influence on that movie. But they but did the, a little bit on Sherlock Holmes. Remember that uh, Robert Downey Jr. No, no, I, I get that. But, but, bit, they, but they did but a little bit of that too. Yeah. Take a peek at Three Bullets, and then look at Equalizer. Look at oh, the fight okay. scene. It's okay. I'll check it out. I love yeah, Equalizer. So, so, so but so the, I, I, I've been trying to drive that direction, uh, and and I did three. This the one I did Three Bullets. That was over 10 years ago that I shot that. So when you, when you see it, so this is way this, before Equalizer. 
Yeah, exactly. So it's, but you know, Antoine saw that. Okay. So, 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 um, so the going that direction of combining uh, acting with performance and everything, uh, like very much like what Bruce Lee's done. I mean, I don't know if you see, but last week I sparred finally with um, with John Jones. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, he's going to put a post there. But there's, I really being able, I want to be in a, be able to put some of the best fighters in these films and basically show really the truth of of um, you know how we move and what we can contribute to this art form. So I mean, I, I you know so. On the professional side, yeah, I've got a lot of things coming up. I've got six movies uh, in the can. Wow. And I'm probably the most proud of the fact that my wife and I completed, well, my wife, yeah, my wife completed her first, she's the first African-American martial arts lead, female, ever. We completed a movie called Take Back. Amazing. Uh, starring, starring my wife and and uh, Mickey Rourke, and we completed that movie about mm, a couple months ago. Where it's crazy that it's taken this this long. But my my wife has trained shoulder to shoulder with me for the last seven years, and she does not fight like a, a woman. <laughs> she she is. Let me tell you, just training with her. She's she's tough. I don't know if you've seen her. Um, you know, she's been assisting me in, 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 um, seminars, but I saw some clips but of a movie you did with her. I, 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 I posted on my Facebook page as well to promote, help to promote it, but it was uh, something you guys had a uniform. She had a uniform on like a guard, like a prison guard. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She was, she was playing a terrorist in uh, welcome to sudden death, but and she had a but, security guard outfit on or something. Right. But, but yeah. this movie, she is, she is the Liam Neeson. She is the, awesome. the taken in this movie, Take Back. And we're quite proud of it. One on one films, they say it's the best movie they've ever made. And so it's going to be, uh, I know we're going to, to um, Cannes, film Fe- Cannes Film Festival in France. And, um, I, you know, I, it's an exciting time. So I, I'm, I'm very proud to say that, you know, we, we have this coming up. That's amazing. That's amazing. Gentlemen, thank you so much for your time. Uh, again, I'm, I'm uh, so appreciative of being able to to tap into your insight. Uh, I, I do want to take a moment to dedicate the show to my dad. I lost him two days ago, and he was legitimately a fan of all of you. Uh, and uh, he, I know he would have been uh, happy to uh, have been in on this call. So so thank you so much. And uh, be safe. Stay safe. And, uh, and continue doing some amazing work. And... Why uh, why isn't there a movie with all four of you together right now? That's the question that's on the table. <laughs> Coming to a theater near you soon. Well, I'm sorry for your loss, Jeff, and my yeah. goodness. No, thank you. Thank well, you so super. much. Yeah. yeah, no, no. It, uh, it was a very sudden situation, uh, but he was actually looking forward to uh, hearing from this panel because he was legitimately a fan of all of your work. So um, I had to do this to make sure that uh, he could hear it from wherever he is right now. So again, gentlemen, thank you so much for the time, and I, I really do appreciate it. And best of luck with everything that you guys have going on. And uh, like I said, stay safe, and I cannot wait to see uh, what you guys have uh, in store for the future. All right. Thank you. And Take bye, care, everybody. Bye, Michael. I feel like the COVID's over. Um, <laughs> Take care, gentlemen. Thank you. Poison Clan rocks the world.
Welcome to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time it's war We smash the place up with a dragon claws We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time it's war We smash the place up with a dragon claws I see the iron fist debunk from the daily prayers Shouting monks on the hands, running down the thousand stairs The fatally kind, now's in King Yu's hands With the fearless idea, they're roaming over the land Yeah, the little bitch soldier is old and wiser He wants a world of peace because he doesn't want to fight Yo, got the venom mob laying down the law Bruce Lee delivered kicks, guaranteed to graze jars Fight for the cars, then pause, hear the applause Not again, back kicks will defeat the outlaws Very good, but boards don't hit back Yeah, the death jewels here, David D is coming back The Tai Chi master, jet leads even faster Bitch had a little drink because he is the drunken master Once upon a time in China Rosamund Kwan is real fine, but see Maggie Chung is finer Golden Swallow has arrived Chan Chi movies will the hero will survive We've got the brave archer make his way to the top Of the mountain gonna fight, may as well pick the spot Yeah, the sky goes black, cause the vampire's back We've got Lam Ching Ying to kill them all, so stand back He plays the black magic on the soul of the sword And our sword will travel until his body's on floors Yeah, Wing Chun Shaol in the mountain style Yeah, defeat the enemy and watch him run for miles Blood will spill now on the mountain tops When we bring back the soul of the legendary pops Welcome to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time it's war We smash the place up with a dragon claws We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time it's war We smash the place up with a dragon claw See it's a game of death yo You're facing the big boss It's once upon a time in China counting the TikTok The Shogun Assassin Slash and blood just drip drop The head kick neck drop Balance the bone stop Wanna kill Bill Better get the assassins He's got Irma just in yellow But she is in the dragon But in the tea rooms That's where it'll happen She got the bodies on the floor When the blood it'll splatter against the wall No fear at all To kill them all There's always blood spilled When you head into a war Fearless Unleashed The fist of legend that's the card yet I'm Bolo Young, yo, I'll always be a beast You rumble in the Bronx, yo, I'm rumble in the streets And it's simple, see the facts are these There's only ever gonna be one Bruce Lee Welcome to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we getting drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time it's war We smash the place up with a dragon claws We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we